Welcome to another edition of the Tech Post, where we talk all about what's happening in the world of technology. Tech Post is brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. And Tech Post is sponsored by the IE Domain Registry, who handle all the .ie domains in Ireland. Go to www.wear.ie for more information. So welcome to a June edition of the Tech Post uh, with the lovely sunny weather that we've been getting over the last few weeks. It makes it hard to record inside, doesn't it, Dave? Well, for one, I thought you were going to say the lovely Dave the Don. (laughs) Dave the Don O'Neill with me again to review another month of what's happening in tech. Dave, it is is the lovely Dave Don O'Neill and it is the lovely days that we're having of nice, warm uh, sun. Sunshine, muddy, muddy humidity, and lo- yeah, and loads of thunderstorms as well. Oh but, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it seems like you know we're getting used to those over here now. Does, yeah, no, yeah. nobody's covering for uh, for shelter anymore. Nope. Right, Dave. Let it get straight into it with tech because we have a packed show here now, all about WWDC, Apple's recent uh, event that they had, where they launched loads of new stuff and announced uh, what's coming with their new uh, versions of their software later this year. So let's get straight into it, Dave, and we'll go, uh, as always, we'll go in the order of what they did in the show. Um, So first of all, anyway, Dave, there was a lot of hardware announced at this show, which uh, WWDC is usually kind of their software expo. It's for developers. Yeah. And it's usually where they concentrate on software. But this time around, there was a good bit of uh, time devoted to hardware and a brand new product that we will get to later in the show. And we have loads of uh Loads of opinions on that anyway, so let's mm-hmm. uh, uh, stay tuned for that later in the show. But okay, let's get straight into it with the first announcement was a 15-inch MacBook Air with um, the M2 processor in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, pretty much identical to the 13-inch MacBook Air. So the 13-inch, um, historically the MacBook Air had had a 13-inch and uh, a couple of years ago had an 11-inch as well. A very small one, a very nice and light and portable. But the 13-inch has been their staple. It was the first one that they announced probably about 10 years ago. A great machine. My home machine is a MacBook Air. I'm, I'm delighted to say that it's coming up on eight years old and still running strong. Uh, which is a, a great length of time to have a laptop running. Yeah, it is, um, for sure. Yeah. So this one anyway, 15-inch uh, screen, well, 15.3 to be exact. Uh, it's uh, 11.5 millimeters thin, not thick, as mm-hmm. they say. <laughs> and it's just about three pounds in weight. Um, the big difference between that and the 13-inch, they're almost identical, um, but the only difference in the 15-inch, they have a six-speaker system, so you've got better audio out of it. And that's just simply because they have more room to put in the speakers. Right, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the battery is still touted as kind of the 18 hours battery, which is pretty much the same as the 13 inch. And I suppose the reason that they're not, you have more space to put batteries in, but the reason that they're not getting more time out of it is because you're driving a bigger screen with a higher resolution. And as I said, the M2 processor inside it. So that uh, with the pricing changes, on that, you now have the 13 inch coming in at 1350 uh, euros, the 15 inch at 1649 or mm-hmm. 1650, and the M1 13-inch still remains in the lineup at a very reasonably priced 1229. Okay, yeah, uh, it's not so, too bad. Yeah, so I think um, it's great to see them adding stuff to the lineup like they're they, mm. it, ju- it just means that they're rounding out that the, the different lineups that you're not stuck to like if your budget is the air and not the pro then at least you have two options here at least you have screen size options here that you're not just saying here's the 13 inch that's in your budget away you go now you have a 13 and a 15 inch and then when you go to the pro you have your 14 and 16 inch um, and the but, Pro yeah, have all the features. Mean, but most PC laptops are 15 inch, you know, mm. I mean, you can obviously get other sizes, but 15 has kind of been the standard, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's a yeah. good thing that they've finally done this. I'd say it's about time. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. I do think. But um, the MacBook Air is pretty much like their their most popular machine, I would say, that they sell. And uh, I think this will sell like hotcakes as well. I do think when I do get to upgrade, 
if I was going to buy a laptop again, I probably would buy the 13 inch again. Would you? I, yeah, because I, so in, like if I'm using it like on the couch at home, 13 mm. inch is perfect in size, what I'm going to do. And then I can just go into my desk and plug it into the external monitor and right. use that when I need to. So I don't think I, I wouldn't be on the move enough with a laptop to require the 15 inch. So after that, then they announced um, an upgrade to the Mac Studio. They're now coming with the M2 Max and the M2 Ultra chips. Yeah. The M2 Ultra can go up to 192 gigabytes of RAM. And remember, these are system chips. Everything's on the, on the, the chip. So RAM, CPU, GPU. All, all, everything is done on one system. So you're, you've got huge bandwidth for data transfers between CPU, RAM, etc. So the, the, that's why you have your unified memory that is locked to the size that you buy it at. Yes. So you cannot. These are not upgradable, and I don't know. I think the. <laughs> The, the upgradable RAM situation with Macs is kind of a bit of a misnomer anyway, because like they handle RAM differently to Windows PCs. So how it all operates, like something with 32 gigabytes of RAM can do more than what most people at a PC can think it can do, because they they handle the whole thing so much differently. So they're, they're quite capable. And going up to 192 is is, is pretty is pretty good. Um, it can handle 22 streams of 8K video. Yeah, yeah, I, I that saw is, that, yeah. yeah. That is insane. That's like, to be able to, like, I don't know, it's just how they do it, it's amazing. Um, the GPU performance out of the thing must be insane. Uh, it's something like 50% uh, faster video processing over the M1. And the pricing was uh, 2450 for the max and 4 Eight nine nine for the ultra, so they're pricey machines. But all the reviews I have seen on them, pro users will be very happy with these things. When did the first generation of those studios come out? Was that only a year ago? Yeah, it's just over a year ago. I think. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was surprised how quick they got the update mm. to the M two. Yeah, mm. yeah. So it, I think it's just over a year ago they came out, um, and they're like everybody who's used them have said these things are just insanely fast. So for a normal user who, pre who previously was using a Mac Pro mm. and spending like 10, 12 grand on a Mac Pro with all your like afterburner cards and everything inside in it, these things seem to be able to do exactly what those people need. Well, I have some thoughts on that, but mm. to, it depends on what you're using the Mac Pro for. Right. Like if you're, if you're let's say, a graphic designer and... You can make do with 192 gigabytes of RAM, which you probably mm. can if you're a graphic designer, then that's fine. But if you're doing, let's say, I don't know, um, much more graphically intense stuff, let's say you're 3D modeling and stuff like that, yeah. you might run into a wall. Yes. Maybe. And that is, I would love to see somebody taking like a, a 200 or 300 gig 3D model mm. and throwing it at it to see what it does with it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, like, we couldn't possibly test this because uh, no. uh, we don't do that sort of stuff anyway. Yeah, well, I don't have five grand to uh, no. to spend to just get one in as a test. Uh, but yeah. one day I might be sitting in front of one, who knows. Um, now, speaking of the Mac Pro, this is the, it finally arrived, finally dropped the uh, Mac Pro with yes. the Apple Silicon. The final machine, the final Mac to be migrated from Intel That's right. to long the awaited. Apple Silicon, mm. and um, it's it's been yeah it has it's been a long time coming. They kind of they what it was it's it's probably about a year late really because they did say at the very start that they were going to migrate within two years, mm. and this machine and I presume the like what we just talked about the RAM constraints are what held this up. Yeah. That they needed to be able to get a machine with enough RAM in it. That's, that's true. And you see, that's the point I was going to make. I, I'm mm -hmm. just wondering, because the, the most recent version of the Intel Mac Pro, the uh, I wonder how much RAM that could take. I can't remember what the restriction oh, was. Oh, terabytes, I think. It I think so. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. Some people were tricking those out big yeah. time. You yeah. know what I mean? So those people are not going to be in a hurry to upgrade. No. Um I suppose it depends again on mm. what your use case is. So these the, now with the Mac Pro, okay. So unlike the Mac Studio, which is kind of contained in the box, 
Yeah. Uh, the Mac Studio, the Mac Pro has the PCI expansion slots. Mm -hmm. So you can put in like video cards. Well, no, um, sorry, sorry, video, video cards, sorry, no. sorry. I'll, 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 uh, I'll correct myself on that. Video input, video capture cards. Yes. Right. Mm. So if you've got some good external camera that you're out shooting uh, footage in 8K on, you might need a good card for uh, transferring. Uh, you can put your audio cards in, your networking cards, your storage cards. So it has the expansion for that. But again, you cannot put in RAM or GPU. There is no external GPU support on this. You're using what's built into it. Now, here's the rub. Mm -hmm. What they said was with the GPU performance of the M2 Ultra, it is the same as putting in seven afterburner cards in an Intel Mac. Right. So if you got an Intel Mac and bought seven afterburner cards for it, what you're getting in the base machine now is the equivalent. So that's how fast the GPU and the M2 Ultra is. That's how powerful it is. So that makes it, when you look at it, it starts to make it look like a pretty good machine. Yeah. Now, let's be clear. It's not going to be as powerful as, let's say, the latest NVIDIA card, the 4090 or no. anything like that. Not for gaming, but no. for video editing, yeah. when it comes to transcoding and encoding, yeah. that's where it's yeah. at. Because this can, this can, they say that it can, it can ingest 24 different camera inputs. Yeah. Right. And again, same as the, the M2 Ultra, mm -hmm. you can have 22 um, streams of 8K video playing at the same time. Right. Right, so it's pretty powerful. Eight Thunderbolt ports, two high bandwidth HDMI ports. Yeah. Entry level is eight four nine nine. Oof. Right. Now, if you fully max it out, right, with the one hundred ninety two gigs mm. of RAM and eight terabytes of storage, you're up at fourteen thousand. Yours. Okay. Well. Now, uh, now yeah. the equivalent Intel. Oh, if you had, on. if you had maxed out the Intel back then with like your afterburner cards and all mm -hmm. the bits and pieces and the RAM and everything. It was like 50K at the time, 50, 55K at the time, right? So if you can get something that does similar or better, mm -hmm. considering that this thing has the same as seven afterburner cards, you're actually, if you're in that market mm. and you are someone who is a pro, pro, pro user, which is very limited. You're talking about the likes of uh, Pixar or something like that, where yeah. they need these machines. Mm -hmm. Then this is, it's a deal. <laughs> it is. Now, here's where my problem lies, really. It's, it, it's the price. Mm -hmm. Now, we say that the entry-level Mac Studio is about four something, right? Um, the Mac Studio with the M2 Max inside in it yeah. is two and a half. Two and a half. Uh, two and a half. And the M2 Ultra is uh, 4.9. Oh, okay. So then we have 4.9 for the maxed out version of yeah. the studio. Yeah. And the entry level of the <clears throat> Mac Pro with the same chip in it. Is eight and a half. Is eight and a half. What you're getting for that is extra I.O. Yeah. Some people need it. Yeah. And that's, that's it. But for everything else, if you don't need that I.O., yes. um, then they've essentially killed that segment. Yes. For them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. The, the studio is the one to go far, far. Mm -hmm. I would say uh, if you took all the people who had Intel Mac Pros, mm -hmm. um, I would say, at a guess, I would say 90% of those people would be okay with an M2 or more with, than the, okay. with the studio. Yeah. yeah. More than okay, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it, it makes that more accessible to those people. Yeah. And it's only the people who really need the Pro. I don't know what the long term plan is with the pro or, or its prognosis like mm -hmm. is it on life support or did they do like considering it was a year late is it, is it kind of like okay we did it just because we're trying to show that we still support these pro, yeah. pro users well you see that's the thing because you know all this extra io can be mm -hmm. kind of replaced with other external things you can plug mm -hmm. into your studio and, and whatnot so it will be um mm -hmm. only time will tell yeah. you'll have to see how it goes i wonder will they ever like with the like once they get to the M3 or the M4 chip, mm -hmm. will they have cracked how to support like external GPUs or uh, expandable RAM? They will, could probably crack it tomorrow if they wanted to. They probably just don't want to. It's probably in a lab someplace anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably have something in the lab. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just saying, ah, we'll just 
get the money off the people for this now and then. No, because <laughs> they're all in on this unified system on the chip thing, yeah. so I don't see now, them doing that. The, the, uh, like I have to say, the unified system on the chip, like when you think of it like with your phones and everything like that mm-hmm. and your tablets and your watch and whatever, like the system on a chip thing has been tried and proven and it yeah. is, like if you, even your games consoles, it's all system on a chip stuff now. Mm. And it seems to be going that way. So having your PC as a system on chip, okay, for for some people who, the high tech people who love tinkering and messing and changing and chopping, it doesn't suit them. No. But that's not the target market that these guys are going after. Yeah. They're going after the guy who just wants to buy a machine, use it, and then a couple of years time, upgrade it. Yeah, and I don't see Intel and AMD killing off their um, discrete uh, CPUs anytime soon. No, you know, They're no, going to keep back on. That's no. not a segment that's going away. Yeah. They're in they're in a different marketplace really mm-hmm. for what they want to do to, you, you to this yeah. right yeah so they might build system on <coughs> systems on a chip like I mean they already have integrated GPUs but they don't have RAM integrated but yes. they might go that yeah. way for certain they machines. might because it it has mm. shown that there is benefits of that in terms yeah. of speed yeah in terms of like the raw performance of the, a machine yeah for so. the mini computer segment or something like that but they're not going to kill mm. off their regular CPUs yet no not do you remember soon. Dave when um when when a fusion drive was a thing where like yeah. your hard drive had um, an SSD cache on it, right? Yeah, it had yeah. the SSD and the the normal platters, mm-hmm. um, and it, it, the the system, the operating system, dynamically kind of said, okay, your most common stuff and your operating system runs off the SSD, and mm-hmm. your long term storage, like of photos and videos, goes onto the slower thing. You're right. I wonder in the future, are we looking at something like that with chips, where you have your fast RAM that's local and your external RAM that's a small bit slower? Yeah. Um, Look, nothing's impossible, but uh, mm. you'd have to build that into the operating system schedulers and all that yes, kind of stuff. Yeah, so it would, it would be complex and it might, I don't know. Someone's thought yeah. of it though, I guarantee you. Oh, guaranteed, yeah. They're guaranteed. testing it, right? It's in testing, folks. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll further my own development on it. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll report back on it. Uh, right. Okay. So that was their first part of their hardware mm-hmm. exhibition in WWDC and then they moved on to software. Um, I feel like I'm going to be talking a lot on this part here, Dave, because I know you're not really interested in any of the uh, iOS's, iPad OS's, Mac OS's. Yeah, so. Well, I just found out my iPad is not going to get the new one. So, uh, is it not? No, no, no. It's All just right. a, it's the first year now that it's uh, no longer supported. So it's, oh. the, it's the very first uh, 9.7 iPad Pro. All right, okay. Yeah. So that's what, that's about, that must be five or six years old now, is it? Yeah, do you know what? It's more. I think it's like 2016, 17 or something. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so you've had support for, okay. what, six, seven years, so. Yeah. Which isn't bad. No, for not software, at all. Not, not bad, at all. Yeah. No. Mm. Actually, um, just thought of something there, Dave, I had in my notes, and I'd forgotten to go over it because it was just something that, you know, the way the EU are, um, are going after... Considering we're just talking about system on a chip and, mm-hmm. and all enclosed devices, you know the way they 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 want everything to be USB port. Oh and yeah, yeah. Ha- I think like it's only a matter of time before the iPhone and everything. Like a lot of the, a lot of the devices coming now are USB C. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like you your <clears throat> I think the the remote that comes with your Apple TV, your what else, the iPads, a few other bits and pieces have gone USB C already. So it's only a matter of time before the rest of them come out with uh, the rest of like the iPhone and stuff like that have the USB-C in it. But the EU are now trying to say that they want to mandate every device, and I'm talking about everything, to have replaceable batteries. Absolutely everything. If you sell an electronic device, Mm -hmm. it has to have a replaceable battery in it. How are they going to do it? Well, they're they're trying to force it in at the moment and say that by I think it's I think it's twenty twenty is either twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six. Yeah, everything sold has to have a replaceable battery. No, I think I could do it. Is like if it was a modular thing, you could eject from the bottom or something yeah. like that. You know? Yeah. So, like I, I don't know. Like considering the the way things have gone with your like your water resistance, dust resistance, all that kind of stuff. Once you start saying replaceable batteries, it loses a lot of that loses a lot of its IP rating when mm-hmm. it's not a fully enclosed device. Yeah. And I I have no idea who the, who's making these decisions or what they're doing it because I remember when I did have Nokia phones and Motorola phones that had replaceable batteries, I never had a spare battery. I think I had one phone ever that I had a spare battery for. And the only reason I had a spare battery was because I had the same phone previously. Yeah. So when that died, I kept the battery. But I don't like, it was one of those things that was like, in the bottom of my laptop bag and I 
probably had to use it once and when I put it in found out that it was dead as well anyway so um I can't remember and I I don't remember or know of anybody who went around with a spare battery in their pocket um no 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 I bought a new battery once my first uh, three smartphones had uh, battery hatches and then the the fourth one I got was uh, a google phone and that's the first one I didn't yeah, back in and, 2013, right? So. Yeah, and you, yeah, you, you could buy and replace a battery. Mm-hmm. You still can with these things if you take it to someone who knows what they're doing. They can, yeah. they can open them up and put a battery into it. But the battery technology is there. Like my phone, the tears beside me is about four years old. Mm-hmm. It's still perfect, still running. I don't need to replace the battery in that. Um, I think we're losing something here by having replaceable batteries, and and it's not just phones. It's going to be every electronic device is what they want. No matter what you have, if you've got something with a battery in it. So there's going to be small devices, different things, smart home stuff and everything. How the hell are they going to make those with replaceable batteries? Right, because the battery design sometimes is so sleek yeah. that it has to fit inside the chassis a certain way in order to get everything in there in a light mm-hmm. chassis that would use less materials yes. than a bigger. Yes, So they're correct. not thinking this through. Yeah, yeah. And it, that means all laptops. Laptops and now have to go back to replaceable batteries as yeah, well. The, Everything. The, what you would call it, the thing at the back, you could just flip off. Yeah. yeah. And again, and again, when are they ever like, how many times have you ever bought a replacement battery for any laptop or anything like that? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you know, pretty soon the EU, they're going to want us to all run like a phone with the same operating system. So we'll just kill iOS off and use Android. Will we all together? Come on. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you would uh, advocate for that anyway. Mm-hmm. Right, let's get on to iOS. So, right. So um, I'm going to run down through these uh, quickly enough. Um, right. So the main highlights are it. custom contact posters, Dave. Custom what? Custom posters for I your contact that, card. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Live voicemail, which means it'll transcribe the voicemail as the, of the call. So if you don't pick up a phone, it goes to your voicemail. Mm-hmm. It will show you on screen a live transcription of the voicemail that's coming in. Right. So let's say you're in a meeting and you yeah. can't take a call and then it starts showing you something that is urgent. Right. You can see that something like whatever it is. I want to caveat that. Yeah. Don't know if that would work here. No, I actually have it. I have it here in my notes there. Yeah. Look, Dave. Probably not in Ireland. No. That will be US only in the same way visual as the visual voicemail, voicemail at the start. Right. Yeah. I can't see the carriers. Considering the carriers over here still don't support eSIMs in mobile devices, which I've been asking for for a long time. You have? Yes. And they still don't support it. Crazy. Uh, which is in this day and age, I don't know what's going on with them. Yeah. Um, right. And um, so that's the live voicemail in the US probably only. Mm, uh, what they said was one of the biggest requests. Uh, leave a message on a FaceTime call. So if you FaceTime someone mm-hmm. and they don't pick up, you can leave them a video message. Yeah. So that's voicemail for FaceTime. So right. it's fine. Yeah, actually, I can see how that would be uh, how that would be handy. Um, messages are getting updates with um, uh, search filters. So like if you search, you can have you can do additional things it's like if you you can have multiple searches in one kind of thing. So you can look for a person's name mm-hmm. and then a piece of text within that Okay. That chat. Always so, handy. Yeah. Yeah. Better search is always good. Um, the ability to transcribe audio messages. So if somebody sends you an audio message, mm-hmm. it will give you a transcription of it there in front of you as well. Awesome. Which is great for accessibility. Um, a thing called check-in, which means that if oh, yeah. yeah, if if I'm leaving someplace or somebody is leaving a place and they and they're going home, they can do this check-in thing where um, will allow the the contact that you're checking in with mm-hmm. to see your location and your status, and it'll, it'll automatically let them know when you get home safe and sound, kind of thing. When you arrive to your destination, can argue you can, with that. Yeah, yep. you can do different things like telling that, like, so if you get stuck in traffic, hey, I'm going to be 15. You can just with a tap of a, of a button mm-hmm. let the person know that your your ETA has changed, yeah. things like that, which is very good for safety. I like that. Absolutely. You wouldn't want to use it if you're forgetful, though. That, that could no. be uh, that can yeah. get a bit. Uh, yeah, messy. get home and then. Suddenly, mm-hmm. someone's calling the the cops, and yeah. you know, oh, in bed asleep. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of automation inside in it, anyway. Yeah. Um, and stickers, Dave. Stickers. Can you imagine? Oh, it? Stickers and messages. You can you can actually like put a sticker as a response over somebody else's message. Oh, you can actually drag and drop it yeah. over the bubble and you I, position yeah. it a certain way. Wowza. Yeah. I I uh, categorize that now in the same way as I do with uh, new colors. Uh, right there. Uh, th- this part I know you will make fun of anyway but they're changing all the airdrop um, 
section of it for make it easier for you to um, transfer media or your contact card, contacting between phones, with just by bringing them close to each other mm-hmm. or bumping them off each other, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which I know I, I'm going to answer for you and say, Android's had that for the last, what, seven, eight years? At least. At least, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, at least they're bringing it in. Uh, one thing I did like with the with the new airdrop is that if you start to transfer, you can walk away from the person. Mm-hmm. So if you were sending them like 10 long videos, you don't have to stand with the phone in range all the time. You can start the drop over Bluetooth and walk away and it will continue that transfer over the internet. Wow. Which is, yeah, which is good. I like That's that. That's good. Um, I did like the name that they put on uh, for sharing contact cards. Just call, they call it name drop. <laughs> I did like that. Um what else is coming to iOS 17? A SharePlay API, so you can do your, um, the, all different uh, apps can tap into SharePlay. Uh, better dictation and autocorrect uh, for when you keep typing that, uh, as they said in the video, that ducking word, and, yeah. <laughs> and it, <laughs> yeah. it will learn your autocorrect. Um, so, the, yeah, the better, uh, look, better dictation, autocorrect, it's always good. Um, mm-hmm. Autocomplete uh, words and sentences, great. And then a brand new app called the Journal App, which is your diary. It's oh, a personal yes, diary. Too, yeah. So my buddies over at Apple Insider uh, podcast, I listen to it that I couldn't recommend highly enough. It's great. If you are into Apple stuff, they're brilliant. They talk about this stuff all the time. A couple of weeks ago, they started talking about this, about the diary app. And, oh. and, and actually, like somebody must have gotten some bit of information that this might have been coming or read some leak on it anyway. Okay. Um, but effectively, like what they were saying is like your phone knows so much about what you're doing every day anyway, automatically. Like it knows like the music you're listening to, it knows the people you've met or the, you've talked to. Um, it knows your location most of the time. Uh, it knows what photos you've taken, knows what exercise you've done. There's so much about your life that it knows. And mm-hmm. this journal app can automatically log that for you. And then obviously prompt you to write a few words about it if you want. But e- either way, on a day-to-day basis, your phone knows so much about what you've done. And then this thing can just allow you add into it. And the beauty of it is it's all private and you can lock your journal. So nobody else can get in and read your diary. Now, I look at that and I say, great, I'm not going to be writing a diary every day anyway. But if you're on holidays, you can keep a, a track of what you did every day, where you went and what you think about this restaurant or this um, sightseeing tour you went on. Great for stuff like that. No, but but I a would, lot of people are into that stuff. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's cool. But I could see myself using this for certain things for work, journaling different things at work. Because the reason why I'd say I would use this for work is because mm-hmm. of the fact that it said that it's private and you can lock it. Yeah. Right. If I take notes about certain meetings or confidential stuff, I can put it into a journal app. No one else can see it on my phone then, only I can unlock it. Oh, yeah. And so I can see this having uses outside of just a personal diary. It can be a work diary. So I do like that. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, iOS 17 has, has standby mode coming to it, whereby if you put your phone onto, on charge, whether it's um, wireless or wired charging, and put it horizontally mm-hmm. uh, on the side, it goes into this uh, standby mode, this kind of um, uh, just customizable screen, like a big clock or widgets or calendar or different bits and pieces. So it becomes kind of like a smart display. Uh, you can have it doing photo frame, that, that kind of thing. And what I did like about it, that now is something that's kind of, it's a bit kind of gimmicky, but um, what I did like about it is that it will learn different MagSafe chargers. So if you have a MagSafe charger at home or working in the car, you get in and you put it on and it will know what MagSafe charger it's connected to. Because mm-hmm. obviously each, one, each unit has its own ID and you can customize your screens based on what charging stand you put it on. Cool. So if you have it in the kitchen, it can come up and start showing you things like music or photos and things like that. If you put it on at night in, in your bedroom, it will come up with a clock and maybe your um, when your alarm is coming up, your next alarm and what, what your calendar is for the morning, that kind of thing. And once, there's, once, the, uh, once the room goes dark, um, as in lights are off, it goes into this red mode. So everything, the light goes, the, the screen goes red. So it means that it's mm. not, you're not getting that drenched with blue light to stop you from sleeping. Well, uh, I was thinking that it was like the devil had visited at first, but then <laughs> I realized, remember the old alarm clocks with the red mm-hmm. screens on them? Mm-hmm. There you go. There's a reason for that, that color. Yeah. The red is, is non-intrusive to your eyes at night. Mm. One thing I did read afterwards anyway, they didn't show it here, but the screen goes off if you're not looking at it. 
Right. Oh. So if you have it in the kitchen, mm-hmm. now I presume this is kind of a power saving mode or a screen Maybe, yeah. a screen saving mode. So it's not actually like using your screen all the time. So if you're in the kitchen and you're doing something and you look at it and you check live scores or something like that or whatever, the screen's on, you look away and you go doing something, the screen will go off. And the very second your face comes back and looks at it again, the screen comes back on almost instantly. It, wow. know, it's, it's, it knows that you're looking. Okay. Which is, um, Very good. Yeah, it, it's kind of a cool thing. But at the same time, I, I hope you can turn that feature off because if you did want it as just a permanent on display that anybody in the room can see, not just you. I don't want it using Face ID so that it only sees me and turns on for me and then it's blank for everybody else so nobody else can see the time or the photos. What's the point in having it as a, a photo frame if no one sees your photos? Yeah. Only you. So anyway, that's... Um, Makes sense. Yeah, so that's the, the standby mode. Um, a great addition that I love, and this is across all devices, no more Hey Siri. Siri is now just Siri. Actually, which is... Oh, there my go. Look, I'm after setting off my phone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Oops. Yeah. Um, I do. Well, I suppose for people listening to podcasts and everything, because of the like before you could say, hey, or whatever, or you could just say something about Siri. Now that you're going to say able to say it for a second, you say the word, she's going to activate anyway. Uh, so I hope I don't set too many people's phones off anyway with that. The, the phones have got, the phones and electronic devices have gotten good at knowing whether it's a real person or whether it's coming through uh, recording or not. Yeah. So it's very rare that any anything I'm listening to will kick it off nowadays, but it's still possible. Anyway, at least they're getting rid of that. It's going to make it more conversational when you're, and, and there is follow-up mode as well. So um, Alexa has had that for a long time, Yeah. Uh, which I've probably just set off a few people's Echo devices now. Um, offline maps uh, coming to iOS 17, and which means you can select an area. So if you're traveling, um, say you're going to someplace and you know you don't have your data roaming or something like that, um, heading off to the States, you can select the area that you're going to, like Florida, and say download that. It'll show you how, what size it's going to take in megabytes. It'll download that area, which means when you're driving, you don't have any data charges for being on the maps, on Apple Maps. All right. Which is great. <clears throat> Ah, pet recognition in photos, Dave. Now, oh, wow. Now you can label your photos by your pet name and it will know which pet is which. Great. Answer, I'm not answer, telling sure any me. of you my pet name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't even... We might run a competition <laughs> on that. Uh, what's Dave's pet's name? <laughs> All right. Uh, lastly then... Um, you can share your uh, things that are in your Find My network. You can share them between members. So mm-hmm. up to now, say, if you had an AirTag, um, and let's say you had an AirTag for your luggage or one of the kids or a pet, right? Uh, then you're the only one who can see it. Now you can share it with other members. I think it's up to five members or something like that, okay. which means they can all track the same device, mm. So, which is great. So I think for, for certain devices, it's brilliant. Um, to, that everybody can track Good it. They have the option, right? Yeah. yeah. So it means that if you're sharing it, like if you're traveling with someone and you share this device with them, at least if you walk away from your bag um, and you've got an air tag inside in your luggage, at least they're not getting an alert saying, hey, your, this bag is tracking you, mm-hmm. uh, which happens a lot in families where well, all you do is walk to the toilet and then by the time you come back, everybody else that's around you has got a thing saying, hey, someone's tracking you. So anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, right, so that is um, iOS 17. Okay. Um, iPad OS 17. Pretty much everything that I just mentioned. Interactive widgets, which means that the, your widgets on your lock screen and, and your home screen, things like that, are interactive now, where before they were just informational. They displayed. Mm-hmm. Now you can have things like to do items on them that you can tick. Um, so they're interactive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, you can now also customize your lock screen. Um, on the iPad with live activities and different things like that, uh, different widgets, which I think was just iPhone last year, I think they brought in. Uh, One thing I liked is better PDF support. Uh, So um, filling in forms, you can take a picture of something now and make a PDF out of it and fill in a form. You can, um, if you're somebody emails you a PDF that has a form in it, you can fill it in and apply a signature to it and um, then save that as a form that you can send back. So that's great. Um, And PDFs can be in notes as well. So you can put a PDF into a note and scroll through the pages of the PDF while you're in that note. That's good. Which also includes annotation of the PDF. So you can mark it up and collaborate with other people. So I could share a note with you, put a PDF into it, and then we could go and mark it up and say, okay, that needs to move here, or that's wrong there, or highlight spelling errors, things like that. Live collaboration. So if I circle something on 
my iPad, um, and I, obviously this will carry over to the Mac and the phone as well. I could circle something, it, that circle will show up on yours straight away as well. So live collaboration. So that's great to have PDF support in Notes anyway, because PDFs are so ubiquitous nowadays. Right. Um, big thing for the iPad OS, external camera support. Oh. So it means that if you plug an iPad into like a monitor that has a built-in camera mm-hmm. um, or an, a USB camera into it, you can have a secondary camera oh, very outside good. of your iPad, which is kind of handy. And as I said, all the other stuff that's coming to iOS, and I presume most of the stuff there that I've said, like with the PDF stuff, is coming to iOS as well. So that is um, iPadOS. Let's move on quickly to uh, macOS 14, which is now called Sonoma. And they led with amazing thing, new wallpapers. Wow. That is Every just, year, they, yeah. they manage to pull it out, don't yeah, they? I know, yeah. They, they come up with something, wallpapers, new wallpapers. Wow. Not even worth a mention, <laughs> which I just I just mentioned it. Right, okay. Um, widgets on the desktop. You can put widgets on your desktop now and they fade away if you're using an app, but then they're, they're interactive on your, desk, on your desktop. And if you have an iPhone-only widget, say like you had an app on your phone that for your car or something like that, um, you can put that widget on your Mac desktop and whenever your phone's in range, that widget becomes active. So you can interact with it. I'm getting flashbacks of mm. Windows Vista here. Yeah, actually, yeah, <laughs> there is a bit of that, all right. <laughs> yeah. they, they did a bit about gaming, this new game mode, which oh. if you put the, the computer into game mode, it really ups your CPU, your GPU for that app. Um, your Bluetooth sampling rate doubles. So like your audio reduces the audio latency if you're using uh, Bluetooth headphones, if you're doing your, um, if you're using a game controller, your Bluetooth sampling on that, it's all double. So it's a like it really intensifies for gaming only and all other tasks get shunted to the background. So they seem to be starting to look at the gaming area and they introduced a thing called Game Porting Toolkit, which means people who have Windows games can put their game into this game porting toolkit and it will show them how they can easily get this running natively on a Mac. So they seem to be starting to kind of push into that area. Um, It'll be interesting to see how that goes. I'm I'm going to keep an eye on that. Yeah, you know, they've been creeping in a little bit. They have, yeah. Mm. And I think it's simply to do with the fact that their GPU performance is so great at the moment Mm -hmm. that they can now outperform a lot of the consoles. They, mm. they can, but like, see, that's the thing. It was, it's great in terms of video transcoding and stuff like that, but mm. I can't see it beating out, like maybe the consoles from a few years ago, but mm. I, I just don't see a GPU, the technology It'll, being there. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how they yeah. go on that, right? Mm. Okay. They demoed video conferencing uh, with presenter overlay, so you can it'll layer your screen kind of thing, so you can have mm-hmm. your, like, a, you can share your screen and have it behind you, oh. which is kind of like, like the way you see on TV with a, a, a TV, a kind of a window behind you and in the background behind that again. So it separates you out from your background and puts the, the whatever screen you're sharing behind you, um, mm, which okay. is cool. And there, there's going to be an API for that. So um, you can, different apps like, so you can do it in FaceTime, you can do it in Zoom, you can do it in Teams, all those different things, WebEx, all that kind of stuff. And then they, they demoed this thing of reactions whereby if you like, if you put your two thumbs up, it gives fireworks behind you, these kind of things. I was like, oh my God, that uh, stop, stop, stop tinkering with, with these little gimmicky, I don't know, just, it, it just, it was just very naff and odd. I don't know, I just didn't like it. Um, Safari has, um, it will, if you, if you have a private browsing window, it'll now lock it if you're away from it. So if you come back to it, it's locked. So like, say, if you did have a private window because you were logging into something sensitive or a banking or something like that, and you go away from it, the private window will lock. So, okay. so if somebody comes back to go to your Mac afterwards, they can't see it and you have to unlock it. Um, and it'll block trackers and things like that inside in, um, your private windows. Uh, you can now share passwords between things like family members and pass keys between family members. So you can set up a, a group if you had something that's a a common login like Netflix or something like that. You can share your passwords between different members. And they also in Safari have profiles. So you can have a home profile and a work profile, which means that if you log into a website for a an account that you use at work and you and you use it as a different account on the same website at home, mm. you can have different profiles, which means it'll separate out things like cookies and logins and everything oh, wow, okay. across your profiles. <clears throat> and you can make web apps. 
So you can make a web app out of a web page and it starts to look, it becomes its own app that you can put into the dock and launch it doesn't actually launch into Safari, kind of launches it. It obviously uses Safari as a render engine behind it, yeah, yeah, but it course. gives its own kind of little mini toolbar on it. So it seems right. to be its own app. I can see myself using that for certain sites that I use a lot every day at work. Mm. So I could see myself having an app for those kind of thing. But I'll have to try it out. And then we moved over to entertainment. AirPods Pro are getting, getting new adaptive audio, so it'll block some noises and allow things like conversation through. So it's not like you're, at the moment you have transparency or noise cancellation. This mm-hmm. adaptive is a bit more intelligent, so using a bit more machine learning. Airplay in hotels, share play of car play of your playlists in CarPlay. So if you're in your car and you're listening to music, you can do a, like scan a QR code and other people in the car can scan that QR code and then start contributing to your playlist while you're driving. So it just makes it for other people in the car. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no. I'd be the same as well. This is my playlist. You're mm-hmm. listening to my music. You might damn nobody, radio alone. Yeah, nobody gets to add to my playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving. Stop it. Uh, right. Um, TVOS 17 is getting a new control center and you can use your photos as a screensaver, which is kind of your photo frame, mm-hmm. I think. And you can, it now getting the FaceTime app. So you using continuity camera, you can use the camera on your iPhone, put it in front of your TV and use FaceTime so you can okay. talk to people using your big screen um, and the camera on your phone. I presume it's probably going to have external camera support as well. So you probably could plug something into the USB-C port on the Apple TV. Um, I'll have to try that myself. And watchOS 10 is getting uh, quicker access to widgets with the digital crown on the different faces. Um, a lot of apps have been redesigned to make better use of the screen and look better. So just make the elements a bit more, um, I don't know, just better designs really. Cycling um, in the workouts is getting an overhaul as well. So more data on your workouts. Hiking, uh, you get your compass to add waypoints of the last cellular uh, connection point you had or where you can make an emergency call and elevation view on maps with topography information. Mm-hmm. I suppose the, 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 the cellular waypoints on compass is probably a lot more suited to bigger countries than Ireland. <laughs> um, so not uh, like you know when you're hiking in America and you might be uh, a couple of thousand miles away from the nearest cell tower. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mental health is getting um, a, a boost where you can log your moods and the causes for that mood. So you can log like I'm sad because I had a fight with my family or something like that, or I'm happy because it's sun shining. So keep track of moods inside it, and um, they're going to be doing things like uh, logging how much daylight time you're getting and letting you know how much actual time you're getting outside in the sun and your screen different screen distance to try and tell you to keep move the screen away from you. So if a kid with an iPad tells it move the screen away, which apparently helps with myopia. Okay. Right. All those are in beta at the moment. Uh, do not install betas. <laughs> or do, if you know what you're doing. If you know what you're doing. Right. Okay, Dave, the best for last. The next section, finally, yeah, finally, they brought back the one more thing, Steve Jobs signature um, sign off at an event, one more thing, and they brought it back and this was something altogether. (laughs) So the Apple Vision Pro, the uh, long rumored uh, AR mixed reality VR headset that I am going to come clean and say, Everybody I was talking to over the last few months, I said, there is no way they're going to go into this game space. There is no way they're going to do this. It's not Apple. No way. Not a hope. God put the house on it that there's no way they're going to do this. And I am totally, totally wrong. I did not see what they were going to do with it. I had no even kind of a foresight into how they could. I, I was still thinking in terms of, what the, the other goggles are, like the, the Quest, the Oculus Quest, or what is it? Is it Oculus? Mm, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Facebook's thing and the PlayStation VR and all the other ones that I've used before. I was thinking in those lines, I didn't see what they were going to do with this. And by God, did I love it. I, <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm going to be, I'm going to, as soon as it comes out. Now, the unfortunate thing is, it's not coming out until early next year in the US and late next year in other countries. Ooh. So it'll be a year before we see it. But I, I'm i letting you know now, I will be getting one of these. 
I definitely, definitely will. Uh, if you'd asked me five minutes before I saw it, I was like, I would told you, no way, no matter what price it is, even no matter how cheap it is, no matter what it is, I wouldn't buy it. And after the, the watching the keynote, I would recommend listeners to go and watch. If you do nothing else, uh, if you have half an hour to spare, go on to the um, Apple website and look at the keynote for the Vision Pro and just uh, get, out, get in touch with us here, techpost at limitpost.ie and let me know what you think about it. I will buy this first day. The first day I can get one, I will buy it. Dave, <laughs> I can see your face. I can, I can, I can, I can almost like by osmosis know exactly what you're going to say here, right? Come on, tell no, us what no, do you no, think. No, no, what am I going to say? Yeah. Um, ah, you see. All right. Okay. Right. Maybe I got you wrong on this one. Right. So first thing, anyway, I'll give you a few thoughts. Let, let's go through a few bits and pieces that they showed on it, and then we'll talk about our opinions on it, right? Okay. So, yeah. And to me, anyway, first of all, it made other VR goggles that I've tried look like kind of like toys, right? They were, they, they're just like, I it, think I, the it other just ones are away. toys. Yeah, they are really, yeah. Because yeah. they're for cartoon and avatars or PlayStation games, that kind of thing. So they touted this as new way of doing personal computing, this spatial computing, they call it, right? Um, it's effectively a full PC on this. It's got it an M2 chip in it. It's got the R1 chip, which is for all the sensors that are on it, and it's packed with sensors. It's got its own operating system called Vision OS. And when you think back about it, uh, what's been a success for Apple over the years is the fact that when they brought the phone out, it was iOS, right, or iPhone OS at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was a specific, it was, it's, it's all layered off Mac OS, the, the OS X um, at the time, uh, Unix system. But they change certain things inside to suit the device. So you've got your iOS for the phones, you've got iPad OS for the iPads, yeah. you've got Watch OS, you've got TV OS, all these different OSs that run specifically the device instead of what Windows tried to do of just crap win cram Windows onto every single device, like, oh, Windows on your fridge. Um, <laughs> so it's like, they, that didn't work for them. The OS has to be okay, you can have a common base layer and a kernel, but the, the other bits and pieces have to be for the device you're using. So this is getting its own OS, but its own apps and its own app store. Um, I presume in time you'll have things like that. There'll be common apps in the, in the same way that they've done it for all the different other devices. You'll have universal binaries that will run across everything. Mm -hmm. Best eye tracking in the world, apparently. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how it knows. That's how you navigate the OS. You look at something and it highlights and you tap your fingers together, just a little tap of the fingers, and that's how you select. Or you can pinch and drag and do gestures, gestures up and down. Kind of like my artery report, but the one thing about it is your hands just have to be resting on your lap. You don't have to have them up in the air in front of you. You can do different things just by, while in your hands in the most natural position. And they did highlight no controllers. The control is your hand. And that was echoing exactly what happened when they did with the iPhone as well. And they said, you don't need styluses, the most natural device, your finger. This is the same thing. No controllers needed. You just use your eyes and your hands. And yet they brought out the Apple Pencil, folks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That yeah. was just for that was just for the, the and Windows and Android people who had the clue how to use their fingers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. It also has obviously Siri input into it as well. Yep. It has spatial audio and it has Bluetooth, so you can use your headphones with I, it. I would love things. to see how the audio works. I really yeah. would. Yeah. Uh, you can unlock it as an optic ID. So the same way you had touch ID and mm -hmm. face ID, this is optic ID. So it scans your iris to unlock the device so you can use it. It's just watching it, the fact that you have these, you can use it as like, I can see myself not buying another laptop, right? If I don't buy that new MacBook Air this year, then next year, this will be my home, home computing device where I do all my work in it. I'll do my entertainment on it do gaming on it if I want, whatever. I just look at it and say, this device can become your home computer. And the fact that if, if you if you watch what they did, like you can have multiple 50 inch monitors and set in front of you, like big apps, send them back as far as you want um, or bring them close if you want. Each, <clears throat> the two displays that they showed with the amount of pixels that um, it's like having what, what they said was like having a 4K monitor for each eye. Yeah. Or better than a 4K monitor for each eye. Right. So what you've got here is pretty, 
pretty real, photorealistic. You're going to be have a fully immersive experience inside in this. Mm-hmm. Button up in the top left for taking photos with it because it has front-facing cameras. Maybe you can do you 3D recording. Uh, more on that in a while. And then uh, a digital crown, the same as the Apple Watch, up in the top right, so you can dial in or dial out how much of reality you want. So you can, as you turn it, you can have your environment wrap around you and dial out reality or like, actually like, as you're looking through it, you're, you're seeing what it sees in the camera. So it's like as though you just have these ski goggles on and you see with very, very little latency, almost like imperceptible latency to, to a human, what's in front of you. So you can still walk around with these things and see everything in your room and yet have a video call up in front of you or to your side or something on or screen, whatever, or work of your email or your messages up in front of you. Mm. So... I do want to know how comfortable these things are. Yeah, no, yeah. no, absolutely. And mm. like, would sitting down on the couch mm. in theater mode, yeah. watching the movie, would that yeah. be better than watching it on your 50, 60, 70, 80 inch TV? Okay, so probably. So, full disclosure, I have done that with a PlayStation headset. Yeah. I have sat down on the couch with a PlayStation headset on and watched a movie okay. in like the equivalent of a 100-inch screen or 120-inch screen. Right. I put it up big in front of me and sat there with the PlayStation VR headset on uh-huh. and being quite comfortable. Right. Lay okay. down on the couch, put my head back and sat there and watched this thing and enjoyed this massive screen in front of me and enjoyed the movie. So okay. I've done that. Yeah. So I would like to try it in this as well yeah. to see how comfortable it is to do that with this headset on. Did they give the weight? What's the weight? I didn't see that. I didn't see it either. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Mm. Um, you can swap out for people who need uh, prescription lenses. Mm-hmm. You can swap out um, to, to get this because the, the the face mask part of it as well is customizable to different face sizes. Mm-hmm. I would say to buy one of these, you have to go into the store, find a face mask that suits you and then Mm. Um, and then decide if you need prescription lenses or not to order at all. I thought um, they just came with them. I thought uh, they had these Zeiss things inside them that uh, that just came with every model, kind of one size fits all. No, no. no the, okay. the face mask part of it, like the the the, the, the soft spongy part, mm-hmm. is customizable. All right. Okay. Um, you can get different ones depending on your face size, and you can order your prescription lenses, which uh, rumors are something I've seen is kind of like that. They could be up to. 300 euros for lenses. Oh, great. Which is kind of equivalent to really fancy glasses. Mm. But if you're getting something like this and you're going to be spending the, the money, which we haven't mentioned yet, <laughs> um, then <laughs> it's only a small bit extra. Oh, yeah. um, the, the front part of it is a screen. So the screen will, like on the outside, what people are looking at, they are looking at an actual screen. A mo- like a, it, it displays your status of how immersed you are in something. So if you are watching something and fully immersed in your environment, the screen mm. will have a, a, a kind of a, a, an effect in front of it to let people know around you that you are fully immersed. But if they do walk into your field of vision, you can, it will automatically allow you to see through them. And when you look at them, your screen becomes your eyes, right? right. So it's not becoming transparent. Mm-hmm. It's just showing this kind of 3D depth of what your eyes would look like. And it does tracking of blinking and I, I, emotion shall we say so so creepy well i i would prefer that to like if i walked up to someone and they're this thing is on they have no clue whether you've no clue whether they're paying attention to you or not or whether they're even like kind of aware of your presence yeah whereas at least with this someone can look at you and you can know at least you they're know seeing, this person is interacting an with AI you. rendering of you basically which yeah. is kind of like i said it's a bit creepy yeah. but, but what would, did they call that feature again uh, what was it, eyesight or something like there that? There you go. Yeah, Don't yeah. they already have an eyesight spelled with the letter the I inside? An eyesight well, camera. That was, that was a camera. That, that yeah, was a camera from called. years ago, yeah. But they still have it, yeah. don't they? Yeah, so, yeah, they do actually. Yeah, it's the eyesight camera, I think, on yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Now, this one is EYE sight, you yeah. know? Uh-huh. Totally different, Dave. Totally different. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I loved watching how they used it was, like, the... The apps that you pull up and if you're doing something like and you decide to move it, like if you're watching entertainment or something like that, mm-hmm. that the app kind of virtually casts a shadow onto the items in your room. So like if you pull a window backwards, um, mm-hmm. like it, it's obviously there's a, a virtual line underneath it that's a virtual shadow that, that looks as though. Cool. Yeah, it, it did. It did. There's certain elements that they did for depth perception and things mm-hmm. like that that are really actually good. 
it, it'll also support 3D objects. So somebody like if you're, if you're doing research on something, you can have a 3D heart in front of you that you can take apart and put back together. Um, they show the, the Formula One car where you can do uh, your um, wind tunnel modeling on it, uh, aerodynamics. Mm. And I, I love the part where they showed the dialing in the environment and putting a, a screen in front of you. That's the equivalent of a hundred foot cinema screen in front of you. Love that, um, that, that yeah. bit I love. Yeah. I can't wait to try that. And it will support 3D movies like Avatar, which yeah. have been such a success over the years, the 3D movies. Absolutely. Yeah, they're brilliant. <laughs> um, another one that I really liked is the fact that you can look at a Mac screen. So yeah, you can look yeah, at a screen yeah. and it will Connect bring up. that screen up into kind of a private viewing because the screen goes dark on your Mac then and you have that screen in front of you to interact with those apps. Yeah. So I did like that because then you can make it into like a 60-inch screen or a 15-inch screen sure. in front of you and interact with your apps. So that was pretty cool. As I said earlier on, Bluetooth support for key well for external keyboard and mouse or a game controller. What else was there? Uh, oh, right. Yeah, I did mention this earlier on. So the 3D cameras on the front of it, they showed a guy recording his kids at a birthday party and I'll be honest with you uh, if I was a kid and this android came over with a screen in front of him <laughs> and said oh uh, I'm recording you I'd be like I'd probably start crying if I was a kid that size yeah, I was thinking the same thing with age. the dinosaurs demonstration yeah, yeah. <laughs> way to um, give your kids nightmares folks exactly yeah um, so I don't know like the, the whole thing of like the, the recording with the 3D cameras was like kind of a you just take off the headset and enjoy your kids just you're there at their birthday party get, get that thing off your head and just enjoy your time with your kids um, but I do see that coming to things like iPads and iPhones in the future Hmm. whereby like an iPad could be the thing doing the 3D recording camera at either side of it that can do the recording and then that recording can be played back in 3D on your headset right yeah okay it's, the power then is an external battery pack that will give you up to two hours of use mm -hmm. and the battery pack has USB-C at the bottom of it so you can just plug in the USB-C and just be constant power um, and that battery pack kind of is just on a lead that goes down to your pocket I presume they did that to keep the weight off your head because the battery pack is going to be heavy little item. Mm -hmm. um, so if that just plugs in or runs down into your pocket, then it makes it easier for plugging in power and not having that attached to your head. Right. So it's it's a single person item though. Yeah. If you have it on, you're the only one interacting with it. Right. Probably. Right. So they're going to be relying on share play and uh, video conferencing and everything for talking to people or interacting with them while you're using this. But as it is, it's just a single person item. And I had asked you about this before we came on air, Dave. How do you share it with someone? If it's Iris Unlock, how do I give it to you to let you demo it? Unless there's a way to switch users on it, you don't. There is. There is? There, there is. There's a thing called guest mode inside it. So if I'm oh. wearing it, I can go into guest mode. I, I actually did a bit of digging on this. because This is my big question. Did a bit of digging. You go into guest mode and it will show up a pin number on screen mm -hmm. and then I can hand it to you and then you put in the pin number. So you have something like five minutes to put in the pin number. Right. And okay. other than that is locked and won't unlock because it unlocks with your eye. You'd probably be behind a bit of a gated, uh, mm. you know, um, segment of the OS that you yes. can't run everything. But yeah. 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 And look at different files and stuff right. like that, whatever. I can't wait until third parties start developing stuff for this, like accessories. Right. Mm. So I, I, I like, okay, yeah, you mentioned a while ago, the Apple Pencil. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of pens for drawing in the air or things like that. Mm -hmm. Different bits and pieces that are going to come with this and, and the, the apps that third parties are going to make for this. I can't wait to see it. And the price, Dave, before we finish up, it's going to be roughly about 4,000 euros when it hits here. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. More. Minimum, yeah. All right, so it's three and a half thousand dollars in the States. Mm -hmm. That'll be about 4,000 plus taxes. So you're probably talking about four, four or four, five. And they haven't opened pre-orders yeah. yet, have they? No. Okay. No, no. It's only in developer at the moment. Right. But as, as, as they said, if you were to go and buy multiple big screen monitors and a sound bar for spatial audio and a computer and a big screen TV and all the different things, you still would probably be spending roughly what this is going to cost on its own, right? The only thing is if you did spend that money on all those things, you can share it with everybody in the family. You can all watch TV at the same time. <laughs> this is a single person item, right. but I still want one. I, I know, I know what you're saying. Now, yeah. look, I'm not as passionate about it as you are, but 
kudos where it's due here. It's a yeah. pretty neat machine. I, they're yeah. right. There is nothing else like it. Yeah. And uh, if it wasn't uh, three and a half grand, mm. I might get one. Well, I can't wait to see where this goes in the future when in two, three years to four years time, in the same yeah. way as how the iPhone developed. Um, I can't wait to see where this is in a couple of years time mm-hmm. when it's lighter, faster. Yep. And considering back at that and laughing at it, basically, yeah. yeah considering yeah. that they call this the Vision Pro, uh, will they bring out a Vision without the Pro? <laughs> without the Pro, that'll be cheaper. It'd be the uh, one-eyed version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yar. So, so right, Dave. That is another episode where we talked all about WWDC. Um, Indeed. I had loads of other stories that I want to talk about, but we will save it for the next show because there was right. so much to pack in in that. So, Dave, thanks a million for that. Dave, talk to you again soon. Bye. Tech Post is brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio and in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. It also goes out as part of the podcast feed from the Limerick Post where you can get this show and loads more great shows. Please give us a rating and review if you like this show in whatever podcast app you use. Theme music is by Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets and you can get their great music on Apple Music and Spotify and production assistance from Eric Fitzgerald.